What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Sure. Why not? I'm your host, Regan Pender. live-action remake of a beloved children's book, and then tell me why it's Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. Oh, yeah! Welcome back. I took a one-week hiatus from releasing an episode, and I welcome back my audience with a Mike Myers Cat in the Hat joke. That's where we're at. But if you listen to the intro, you have found yourself listening to Sure Why Not the Podcast. And I'm your host, Reggie Penda. And I have a problem with confrontation. I guess it's not a problem. It's more, I guess some people would view it as a minor issue. But let me just say, first and foremost, I like to think that I can consider myself as a social person. I think I can hold a decent conversation a I'm a decent conversationalist if you will but if I have to confront someone about something or if I have to talk to someone that I don't know about something about anything then it's absolutely game over I become a big old scaredy cat it'll take me days to do it sometimes or I'll just have to have someone physically push me in the direction of someone to like make me talk to them about something I just And I'm sure this is a very common problem amongst a lot of people, but I'm putting myself on blast for a second. I can't do it. If I have to call to set up a doctor's appointment or call just any, anything that involves calling someone on the phone, and this even goes for people that I know, like I'm just not a huge talking on the phone kind of person, then I, I just, I get anxious. Not when I talk to people that I know, I don't get anxious, but if I have to make, like I said, if I have to make a doctor's appointment, I'll get anxious or, or, you know, whatever it may be for no reason. Right. I mean, I make the call just fine. I end up setting up the doctor's appointment and it's not a problem, but I still just get super weird. I'm like, oh, and that's exactly how I sound too when I do it. And the cat in the hat is not a sponsor, by the way. Um, but this also goes for goodbyes too. I mean, man, Oh man, I was actually talking to my friend about this not too long ago. When I picture, if you will, good old Regan is, is going to a social setting with all of his friends. You can't see, but I'm like doing like, I'm like walking to a social setting. I'm going to a social setting with all my friends and in route to that social gathering, I'll mentally go through my mind, everyone that I know that's going to be there. And then for each individual person, I'll, I'll think, okay, this is, you know, this is my relationship with with that person, or this is my friendship with that person, and and this is how I would say hello to each person, and this is how I'll say goodbye to each person. Psycho, I'm a psycho. Why do I do this? I have no idea. It's just for some reason I'll just go through. Okay, I'll I'll you know I'll, I'll hug this person hello. I'll give this person a fist bump. I'll do this, whatever. And again, I'm probably not the only person that does this. Don't come for me. Um, But bottom line, I just wish that I could end every social gathering that I'm a part of with an Irish goodbye, which we all 
know what Irish goodbyes are, but if you don't, it's when you just leave without saying goodbye to anyone. You just kind of slip out. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I'm Regan Pender, and I approve Irish goodbyes. Okay, there. I said it. Sue me. But if you're ever in a social setting with me, just know that I've thought about how I will say hello and goodbye to you. And it's just, that's my issue. And am I putting my mild social anxiety on blast? Maybe. But also, it's not that bad, okay? I just am bad at goodbyes, is what I'm getting at. I don't, I, I'm just not good at them. I I think goodbyes are heartfelt, and I, I, I get sad saying goodbye to people, but do I hug you, or do I give you a high five, okay? That's what, I, I don't know. But alas... We must say goodbye to another week. It is Friday, and it's the weekend. And I'm here to start your weekend off with some random tidbits, maybe a a joke or two, maybe a story about something. And after this episode, I'm hoping to leave you saying, sure, why not? To start things off, the West Side Story remake by good old... Steven Spielberg, and the new Black Widow film with ScarJo. Uh, they're both being pushed back to 2021, unfortunately, due to the good old global pandemic that we're in. Uh, both films are being released through Disney, because Disney is taking over the world along with Apple, and you can't convince me otherwise. Everyone has an iPhone, and those who have an Android, you can stand on your, you can, you know, whatever the phrase is. It's the hill that you'll die on. It's, you can ride your high horse around. I don't know what it is. But you should just, Apple's taking over the world and you either get with it or you don't. But also, okay, here's a thing that I wasn't going to talk about, but it just popped in my mind talking about, uh, about iPhones. iOS 14 just came out. Apple's not a sponsor, by the way. Um, but iOS 14 just came out. And they, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the new operating system for iPhones, whatnot, and, and they they've made some adjustments, nothing too crazy, but there's been, they've added, they've adopted some stuff that Android phones have, like, there's the widgets now, which is, you know, you can put the weather, uh, that's the only thing I've done, by the way, on my phone with the new iOS, is I've put the weather widget in my top right corner of my home screen, because I actually checked the weather way more often than I thought I ever would because I'm probably 90 but I that's the only thing I've done but there's widgets there's um you know there's like different uh accessibility things I, I'm not a huge techie person but um but I, I I upgraded to iOS 14 and through TikTok I've seen some videos of people being like I spent five hours on my home screen for iOS 14 here's a question why I get that it's aesthetically pleasing, but I, it's just, you know, for, at what cost are you doing that? Because I can probably bet, if you're listening to this podcast right now, that if I told you right now to go to, right now, go open your Instagram app, you could probably do it without even looking at your phone because you know exactly where on your home screen it is. You know, you know, like what apps it's next to. Like I know my Instagram app is it's in like the bottom, like the lower right hand corner of my home screen in a folder. It's the to the left of it is Facebook and to the right of it is uh, YouTube. And so like I know exactly where it is. I know like, I could do it with my eyes closed. So my question is, aesthetics aside, 
why spend five hours creating, you know, creating your home screen or whatever that is, you know, I guess, I guess what, you know, if people are trying to fit an aesthetic, that's fine. And you should, you should, if you don't have TikTok, you should look it up on, I'm sure there's YouTube videos already about it. But if you do have TikTok, just in the search bar, look up iOS 14 and there are people being like, I spent five hours on it and I'm not, you know, people, you know, they, they, different things bring, bring different people joy, which is actually a big thing I've been about lately is, is, you know, because we're all kind of sad, whatever brings you joy, do it. If taking five hours to make your phone look pretty brings you joy, do it. But my question is like, why? Like at what cost? Like we all, you know, everybody preaches, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get less screen time. I'm trying to stay off of social media. So then why, why make your phone? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I guess it's a, it's a personal preference thing. And this is just me being a 90 year old man being like these darn kids, they won't get off the phones. But uh, it, it's just, I was 14 get it or don't if you don't your phone will break down and then you'll have to get a new one anyway but go check out those aesthetically pleasing home screens mine is not one of them i have a giant widget telling me the weather but that's about it anyway stepping off of my soapbox west side story back to what i wanted to talk about it's being delayed till 2021 black widow will be coming out in may of next year and west side will be coming out in december i already said that West Side Story, in my opinion, is arguably on the Mount Rushmore of musicals and musical theater, I think. It's, again, that's probably more of an opinion, but I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. It's a great musical, just, I think, top to bottom, great music. It's a score by Leonard Bernstein. The original choreo uh, with Jerome Robbins is incredible, and it's based on Romeo and Juliet. Who doesn't love Shakespeare? But it's, I'm very excited. Um... And as I've mentioned before in previous episodes with, you know, with the release of Hamilton and the upcoming release of Once on this Island and the upcoming release of In the Heights, the movie, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's big hit before he wrote that skit called Hamilton, that will be, it was supposed to come out this summer and then they, it got pushed back to next summer as well. Um, I'm just very happy that, that, you know, the entertainment industry has continued to make musicals into movies and, you know, put or put stage musicals on tape for more widespread access it's it's great we need access to the arts that's what i'm saying and actually if you tune in <clears throat> what was that if you t- if you tune in to next week's episode i'm gonna have a very good friend of mine from college uh she'll be on the show with me and we're gonna be talking about movie musicals and we're gonna rank some of our favorites so it's gonna be a great uh chat we you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of fun when we get together and, um, and you know, uh, she's a very close friend of mine and I'm very excited to have her on. Um, but also just real quick about West Side Story. Another thing that I didn't really plan on talking about, but it just popped into my head. West Side Story actually was the day before Broadway shut down for the pandemic. The, the night before I saw the revival of West Side Story. West Side Story just got revived on Broadway. Um, Ivo Van Hove, I believe is the director and it's, they did a lot of different stuff with it. And I saw it the night before, probably closed down. And let me just say, and I'm sure this, I could have a very long discussion with a lot of theater people about this is, um, you know, people are like, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, you have to stick to what, what they did or, or whatever. But I think the way, what they did with it is very interesting. Um, the show's great. 
um, they 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 re they've rethought the whole set and 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 the choreo and everything like that. And I don't I don't know if they're gonna release a a cast recording of it, but I just have to say I think I am a a a supporter of of trying new things and and uh, reimagining I guess is the word I was I've been looking for this whole time reimagining musicals just in the way uh in different ways I I really enjoyed the show the talent level was incredible and uh just the the aesthetics of it <laughs> tying it all in the aesthetics of it all were just very impressive and uh but also you could you know you could put Gilbert Gottfried reading the phone book on a on a Broadway stage in the spotlight for three hours and I'd probably be like this was this is art like this is life-changing you know I'm very easy to please um but West Side Story, it's coming. Ansel Elgort, uh, Ariana DeBose, Rachel Zegler, uh, Brian Darcy James, my my father. Just kidding. Uh, we just look alike. Look him up if you don't know who he is. Brian Darcy James. Corey Stoll. Um, and Rita Marino is actually going to be in it as well. It's, it's going to be, I think, hopefully, a very good movie. Tony Kushner wrote, wrote the screenplay for it. And uh, Justin Peck did the choreo. It's going to be great. It's one of my favorites. And speaking of other favorite things in my life, I am a huge gamer. I guess huge is an, uh, an overstatement, but I do enjoy the video games. I do partake in uh, in the devil's technology. And I've been playing a few a few new games lately, and I figured if you're if you're a gamer out there, if you fall into that niche category of my listenership, uh, a few games I've been playing. I play Fortnite, obviously. This season is all about Marvel superheroes it's super awesome you should play it if you haven't i know fortnite has been around forever and it's it's had its ups and downs people are like oh well you know they they're trying to do too much or they're not doing enough and but this season is actually really fun you know you get the you get the the superhero skins and all that it's super fun also uh i'm still playing through the last of us part two which if you don't know what the last of us part two is it is a continuation of the last of us the first one go figure it is based in post-apocalyptic america where it's very timely a virus has taken over the world and millions and millions of people have died <laughs> and it's it's it focuses on these two people joel and ellie who uh this isn't really ruining anything but ellie is uh she's found to be immune from this virus basically what happens is it makes these people turn into cannibals and then they like it like takes over their body and like if they're infected for super long it they their face looks like a coral reef it's very scary but i tell people when i play it it's like you're watching a movie but you're playing the movie like that's how good the storytelling is and just and and the and the the voice acting and, and everything it's just it's it's one of it's the last of us is probably my favorite game i've ever played and the last of us part two is just as good um, so the last was part two I've been playing through I'm almost done with that um, and then I actually just yesterday I bought Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Nintendo Switch all of this is none of these people are sponsors by the way Mario 3D All-Stars they remastered three of the Mario platform games Super Mario 64 Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy and 12 year old Regan is screaming his head off i growing up my family we were big we're playstation people not xbox people but 
we also love Mario. We had the Wii, we had GameCube, you know, we had it all. And uh, thank you, Mom, for all of the video games that you buy for me and maybe will continue to buy for me. PlayStation 5 is coming out for Christmas. We played Mario a lot. And so I just, I saw that they were bringing out these three on one game and I was like, I have to buy it. And so I did. <laughs> and I'm about to start playing it just to, for some nostalgic goodness. And um, they're, they're just fantastic games. Any Mario game is just incredible, but I'm very very excited for it and my final game before uh not before anything but my final game i'm going to talk about i guess is uh it's a game on the phone actually so we all have phones so listen up it's a game called among us and it's um it's basically a murder mystery game there are you can have 10 people in a in a in a game and basically what you do is you're all on this, like a, like a spaceship, essentially. You're all on a ship, and everyone is assigned a role at the beginning of each round. There are, let's say there are 10 people, nine people are assigned the role of crewmate. So you're, you're a part of the crew, and you just, there are tasks that you have to do around the, around the spaceship. You know, some, you, it could be, oh, you have to run into, into this room, into the navigation room, and there's a box that you have to fix the wiring. And then you go, you run in there, and then you have to fix it, and then you, you continue doing your tasks. And then the one person who isn't the crewmate, they're called the imposter. And what their job is to do is to, <laughs> it's just to murder everyone. They have to murder everyone without getting caught is the problem. So you have to... Um, uh, you have to create diversions where you can, you know, you can shut all the lights off and you can't see anything and you can run up and like kill someone and you run away. But when you kill someone, their dead bodies laying there. This is all very morbid. It's not that morbid. It's kind of like, it's almost cartoonish, but so you kill someone and you run away and then everyone who's like doing their task running on the ship, they'll eventually come across their body and then they can report it to the group. And then once they report it to the group, the round stops and then all, all the people who are still alive, including the imposter, they have to discuss what happened, right? So somebody will say, where was the body found? And then whoever found the body, they'll say, oh, I found it in the administration room. And then everyone will say, okay, did you see anyone around? And then, you know, most of the time, the person will be like, no, I didn't see anybody. Or if you get lucky, you'll see the person kill it. And you'll be like, oh, and you all have like different like cost, like not costumes, but like you're, you're assigned a different color. So, you know, if, if, if I run into a room and I see somebody kill somebody, I can report the body right away. And then everyone's like, what happened? And you're like, I saw Red do it. And then everyone's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I saw him do it. And then you, and then everyone takes a vote at the end where you vote for somebody, you, you like vote somebody off of the ship. And basically you just have to, it's like if you ever played the game Mafia, where one person's the mafia and you have to kill someone and you have to like discuss who did it. It's basically like that, but it's on your phone. You can play with friends it's so fun, and it's, uh, I, I was playing with my friends last night, we all, we all were on a, a big group FaceTime while we were playing, so we were able to talk, and it was very interesting, because, like, we wouldn't, like, some of the rounds, some of us were the imposter, but we were playing with our friends, so we'd be like, like we, I'd be like, gosh, I hate this task, meanwhile, I'm not doing a task, I'm just, like, going to murder my friends, again, all very morbid, just, just so much fun, I think, it's, it's, it's a fun way to like use your brain and just kind of kill time. And it's great. I just love video games. I'm a child, whatever, but this has been Regan's video game Rex. No, let's try that again. This has been the, uh, uh, th this has been the gaming corner. Nope.
I'll I'll just work on it. Let's all take a second and just bask in the glory that we are living in a world where Carol Baskin is a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. That is a thing that is happening right now. Carol Baskin killed her husband waxed. <laughs> Remember when Tiger King came out during quarantine? Truly a lifetime ago. Never would I ever suspect in my wildest dreams, nor yours, don't don't lie, that two people like Joe Exotic, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. And what's the Doc Antle? Who would have freak um never would i ever imagine that those kind of people would unite us all together in uh in 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 harmony i guess in in times of trouble but alas carol baskin has somehow found herself on dancing with the stars and in a surprise that everyone saw coming her first dance was to eye of the tiger Oof. Dancing with the Stars has a huge shake-up, too. I think they got rid of Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews, and now Tyra Banks is the host. I think Derek Huff is a is a, a judge now, which he may have been in the past. I don't really watch the show, but obviously when when someone like Carol Baskin is on, is on it, then you, you see some articles about it. <sighs> Whatever. Did she kill her husband? Who's to say? I don't have the stamina for that right now. But... Speaking of television, the Emmy Awards were this past week? Were they this past week? I don't remember, but they happened. And for the second year in a row, the Primetime Emmy Awards have hit an all-time low in TV viewership. Hollywood Reporter writes, Time Zone adjusted Nielsen numbers for ABC's live broadcast of the 72nd Annual Awards have the show drawing 6.1 million viewers and a 1.2 rating among adults 18 to 49. Those figures adjusted up to 6.36 million and 1.3 in the finals, which include out-of-home viewing. The previous low was set a year ago when Fox had just under 7 million viewers and a 1.7 in the key ad demographic in the finals. Obviously, you know, this this downward trend for the award show, it's it's not, you know, it's not a shock to anyone, I, I think, uh, because obviously, you know, the uh, the the coronavirus pandemic has kind of screwed everything up. Also, with all these sports kind of playing at different times, uh, you know, the the NBA playoffs are happening right now. The NFL has just started up, and there was there was a uh, a Sunday night game on at the same time as the Emmys, and also there was an NBA playoff game happening at the same time. So it's not really surprising that uh, the Emmys didn't do so well, viewership-wise. Um, but... Again, I didn't watch it, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not well versed on on the Emmys at the moment. But I do know that uh, Schitt's Creek swept the comedy categories, which a lot of people are happy about. I have yet to watch it; it's on my list, my long, long list. Um, and Succession and Watchmen also uh, were big winners. And Daya got a win. She was the youngest. I actually saw that she was the youngest leading actress in a drama series yeah she was the youngest actress to ever win the award so that's pretty cool good for you zendaya um i apologize that i didn't watch it but you know who did watch the emmys <laughs> jessica batten 
Do you know who that is? You ever hear of a little show called Love is Blind on Netflix? Oh, man. I am just completely off the rails in this second half of this episode. (laughs) Jessica Batten from Love is Blind. She had a viewing party because Love is Blind got two nominations this year at the Emmys. I don't believe they won, but she had a a viewing party and she did not watch it with Mark because if you've seen Love is Blind, they didn't end up getting married. If you don't know what Love is Blind is, it's a TV show and it's like The Bachelor, but uh, cringier, I think. The the contestants, they, they come on the show and the whole, for I think the first two, maybe three episodes is them talking to each other, but they're in their pods. I've watched the whole season. I have absolutely zero shame. I've watched the entire season of Love is Blind. I will watch the next one. I have zero shame. All of the contestants, they sit in the pods and they talk to each other, but they can't see each other because Love is Blind. And so... Then, from those conversations where, you know, they spend hours talking to each other and, and, you know, they go on these quote-unquote dates, but they can't see each other. And then at the end of these dates, they propose. Huh? Just wild television. (laughs) Wild, wild television. And if you did watch the show like I did, we all know that Jessica Batten, uh, she loved... um, Oh, shoot, I can't even remember his name. Um, Give me a second. Hold on, I'm on my iPad. Just give me a second. Love is blind. Uh, Couples. What's his name? Not love is blonde. I put love is blonde. Barnett. Thank you very much. Jessica loved Barnett, who is this bro. And, but Barnett ended up going, uh, going he ended up this is completely unhinged barnett ended up getting married to amber and jessica who was in love with barnett settled for mark a chicago boy uh mark if you're listening mark's a huge fan of the show by the way um jessica ended up being with mark and throughout the rest of the season because they all get engaged or whatever and then they spend like the last few episodes where the they're all like oh yeah like we all got engaged and they all kind of like live together it's a oh it's a it's a fever dream of a show and so jessica was being she had like super drunk one episode and was talking to amber and was like i love your fiance and amber was like if you come near him i'll kill you and it was oh man you have to watch it you just <laughs> have to watch it <laughs> jessica Patton watched the Emmys with her new boyfriend, Benjamin McGrath. People.com writes, quote, I'd never thought I'd be celebrating this show. She captioned a slideshow of photos from the small socially distanced gathering. Quote, as time goes on, I realize all of my experiences, whether good or bad, set me up to receive and appreciate what life has to offer down the line at the right time. If something horrible happens to make you feel like your life is over, you're finished, done, whatever it is. There is more, she continued. Memorialize it. Throw at a damn party, responsibly, of course, and keep going. You know what, folks? If Jessica Batten can find love... Jessica Batten's a huge fan of the show, by the way. We're friends. If she can find love, then we all can. Um, but she watched the Emmys. I didn't. The Emmys were were not not as widely viewed as they have been in the past. And that's all I have to say about that. 
please continue supporting the arts, folks. I want to wrap up with a book that I just received off Amazon. I'm not going to read any... Well, I'll read the back cover for you. Um, the, the book is called Homeschool Hell with St. Corona Up to Bat. Homeschool Hell is for every parent sentenced to remote learning prison where the simple task of educating our children at home is like catching a murder hornet. Laugh out loud funny, this book wryly captures the humorous daily struggles of a widowed father of four young children, common core math, lice shampoo in the eyes, infected monopoly dice, and styrofoam heads for pop bottle projects are only the beginning of the chaotic adventures, many of which are now all too familiar to parents turned remote learning teachers. In between laughs is a poignant, poignant letter to his wife, telling her what has happened here on Earth and how in the year 2020, when everything stopped, we had a better chance to see the value of a teacher, the courage of those who risk their lives to save ours, the unfairness of disease, how we need hugs, lots of hugs, the gift of time, and the power of humor in the most difficult moments of our lives. It's a book not only for parents, but every person in this country right now who could really use a smile. The reason I bought this book is because it is written by a very good friend of mine, Dave Heilman, who, if you listened to, I believe it was the last episode, maybe the episode before, it was, he is the husband of the late Erica Heilman, who I talked about before. She is a longtime friend. She passed away two years ago uh, after a long battle with cancer. And Dave is hilarious. And he he wrote this book. And so I, I, I had to buy it obviously because he's hilarious and, and, uh, and I love his family and, and him as a person and all that. So I bought it. I'm very excited to read it. And I think I actually, I've read a few pages already and it's very funny. You don't have to know him to, to, to appreciate it. And you don't have to be from Illinois to appreciate it. It's just, it's a very, uh, heartfelt and, and, and heartwarming book. And I think we all could use a smile like the book said. Yeah. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, it's starting to get colder out. Bundle up, even though today was 80 degrees, so I don't know why I said that. But bundle up with love. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Uh, find something that makes you smile. Uh, play Among Us if you want to, you know, murder your friends. Whoa! Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, y'all. Be well.